ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. This is your host, Janice Porter, and my guest today is Kyle Matthews, coming to us all the way from Highlands Ranch, Colorado. Welcome to the show, Kyle. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. I want to just tell my audience about um, you a little bit, and just to mention that Kyle began his entrepreneurial journey at early age, starting his own business at 15. And in the short time I've known Kyle, the couple of conversations we've had, he is the epitome of an entrepreneur, I have to say, and I love it. Since he was 15, he has held sales and consulting roles across many different industries. His focus on radical attention paying lends success in both his personal and professional life. His purpose is to help others live out a better story. Kyle lives in Highlands Ranch with his wife and two young kiddos, as he calls them, Reese and Audrey. And I love the name, so I had to share that. Um, so again, um, let's start here. Um, Kyle, you um, say, you said to help others live out a better story. I looked on your LinkedIn profile because that's what I do. I'm a LinkedIn specialist. And I saw um, some uh, recommendations on there from, from some people that, that you obviously know and not one, I mean, everybody to a T says how, um, you are all about connecting people and people are your business and you are connected, you're a visionary and you care about people. It's all about relationships, which I absolutely love. And I think that's why you were referred to me in the first place. So tell me how that comes to be and why that's so important to you. Uh, well, great question. Thank you for that. You know, I, I really think that when you figure out that your relationships, your connections, um, your uh, maybe your 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 relationship uh, bank, if you will, is more important than what you do, the sky's the limit okay. because you really can do anything and head anywhere you want just by being curious and asking great questions and knowing that if you have a positive name out and about as someone who cares for others, as, as someone who, who adds value first, um, you, you can really go any direction you like. And obviously, I'm sure you've seen this play out time and time again. It's got to be authentic. Uh, if you don't have a genuine care for people, you know, um, this is short lived. But if you go through life with a genuine curiosity, if you can squelch that inner, um, you know, inner critic, that inner, um, you know, judgment of others, and you can say, well, hold on a second, let's just 
you know, listen, Mr. Judger, go sit on the sideline. I'm going to go meet this wonderful individual and be open to, uh, you know, the abundance of what could happen in this conversation. Man, I've just seen some incredible things happen when you're able to do that. Everything you said is gold, really gold, because, you know, you don't necessarily know that every conversation is going to be something that leads to business or leads to the right person or whatever. But if you don't, if you don't go into it with the right attitude, then it's a waste of your time anyway. So why not? Right. Why not just see where it goes or who it goes to or whatever. And um, can you think of uh, an example of when that's happened for you? I know I'm putting you on the spot, but. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have a few that just blow my mind. I think, you know, here's the thing. When I meet with someone, I really want to move them forward personally and professionally. And so I had a situation where I met this individual There's actually a, a couple brothers that have a really, really phenomenal product in the healthcare, um, not healthcare, more, more uh, wellness space, I guess I should say. And uh, in the midst of talking to them, it seemed like they were at a really similar place in life to another gentleman that I knew in a completely disparate industry, uh, real estate of all things. And so I said, you know what, call it a gut feeling, but I think there's an introduction that I'd like to make. Are you, are you open to that? Sure. You know, the, the, the trust was built. They said, go ahead. So I made this introduction. Didn't think anything of it. Right. A couple of years go by and they're like, oh yeah, we should, we should catch up, you know, get some drinks. And, oh, I want to bring this person. They're like my best friend. And I go, oh, how'd you meet them? And then you can see the wheels turn. They're like, wait a second. You connected us years ago. So that's the stuff that it's like, that made everything worth it. And I, that's only one of several stories that played out about what happens when you make connections with, uh, you know, the other person at heart and, and those parties at heart. Incredible stories. Yeah, that's really fun. So I know that you, um, I, I read it in your little bio that you, um, your focus is on radical attention paying, which helps all of this happen. So when I asked you about that phrase, you shared something with me. Will you, sh- you share it with my audience about the reason? Because I said, do you mean paying radical attention (laughs) yes but i say it this way for a reason and i actually think it's really kind of a cool thing so please share that with my audience i'd love to yeah you know i think that when i look at something like that something so simple you think oh that can't really be the key to all this you're, you're paying attention to someone. Yes, we get it. We should all pay attention to others. No, no, no. Pump the brakes. I want you to pay radical attention. And this is something that I got from a good friend of mine, John White. He runs an international ministry called Luke 10. And he just has a genuine caring for others that's so rich. And I just saw the patience he had with me 
And that's something that I've picked up and never left behind because when I'm paying radical attention paying, it transcends oh, I'm being an active listener. I'm being a good, like, those are all wonderful things. And if I'm being a radical attention payer, I'm going to know, hey, when are we on the same page? And when maybe is there something else uh, that's going on that maybe we need to, to tug on uh, here? Because here's the thing. If you're truly looking to care for someone, and they've got what another buddy of mine says is a squid on the face, right? <laughs> a squid on the face is like, look, you can shake your head all around, but it ain't going anywhere. You got You're trying to, you know, move some tentacles and see through it, but it's there, right? Well, if we don't deal with that, we're probably not going to be able to do a really good job at doing business together. So if we can deal with that, and I can help or, or at least, you know, hey, look, is it a phone call you need to make, right? Like maybe there's a, you know, someone needs a ride or broke down or there's a fire in the bit, right? Whatever it is, let's take care of that. And that's just one tiny example of what happens when you truly put another individual's needs ahead of yours. And it made me think of, um, so we talked about, you talked about active listening, but it, it goes deeper because it's kind of like, it's your, it's your gut. It's your intuition telling you that there's more than meets the eye, right? It's listening oh, to what's not being said. A thousand percent. And, and you, you tapped on something that is completely true. You've got to trust your intuition. You really do. And I understand that if that's a new concept, um, you know, you've got to build that muscle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, it, it may seem unimportant or, you know, the, 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 uh, you know, um, details around your upbringing, uh, maybe made that, uh, be a practice that, that would cause using your intuition to be, you know, not so second nature, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but that said, um, it's important to lean into it. Mm -hmm. I would say, you know, that's another perfect opportunity for a mentor. That's really good mm -hmm. at that. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Um, so you get your fingers in lots of different pies. You, you are, an, um, someone who, uh, is a true entrepreneur to my mind. Cause you're, you visualize and you can see the big picture and, and guilty. I'm, yes. Guilty. Guilty. Yeah. So, um, uh, you're involved, I know with a company right now where you took that company, I think, what, doubled it or more than doubled it in two years or something from your vision. So when you started with this company, was it someone you knew really well or was it, was, I can't remember the story behind it, but. 
Yeah. So I had, you know, again, I'll, I'll even, I'll, I'll tie this in with the last, you know, subject we, we discussed, which is, you know, rich relationships and a network. And so when I left a startup company and started looking around for other options within, you know, I, I literally ended the one position on a Friday and started my second and third positions on Monday and Tuesday of the next week, respectively. And one of those positions was with a gentleman by the name of Marty Reiswig, who is a multipreneur himself, who um, started this, he actually purchased a janitorial company uh, by the name of Patriot Building Services. And, uh, And it was outdated. And he had some really good vision around, uh, you know, what the business could be with fresh, you know, rebrand marketing. He turned it into simple uh, and it's it's an absolutely beautiful business. And the reason why I agreed to join the team is because I knew how he treated people. I knew in his heart what he thought about people. And so you have to that gave me, what's you that? You have to be on the same page, right? For the most part, at least for the, for those fundamentals, yes. you yes. do, yes. you do. Um, and so, you know, just an example there, one of the common practices in the cleaning industry is to not pay cleaners until the company has been paid. So you and I both know that companies use each other as their own personal banks all the time, right? So here's a cleaner that is out there just working incredibly hard, uh, oftentimes living paycheck to paycheck. And now a building that they cleaned, you're not going to pay them for three to six months. Are you kidding me? And Marty was like, that's not right. And so even before the business was solidified, even before we really figured it out, he said, no, no, this is important. We're going to get a line of credit set up and we're going to change it so that our people get paid two times a month like clockwork. Mm. And that was the kind of stuff that said, you know, okay, this is all right, game on. So yes, we we went in and we we had different ideas about, even things like retention. Well, hey, if cleaners are doing a good job and, you know, good cleaners clean better and we're taking care of our cleaners and they're cleaning better and why would they leave, right? Why would they leave? So we challenged that whole, you know, backdoor of, of the, 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 the industry, you know, uh, churn number. We're like, no, I don't buy it. Um, and that plus my vision on the sales side of, hey, look, if we're spending X amount of time on a $350 per month recurring customer, it's going to take the same amount of time and attention to do that within a $1,000 a month customer. Mm-hmm. So over the course of our goal was to, it took us two and a half years to, to double the business, boohoo. Uh, there was a, a you know giant pandemic in the middle there, so we won't be too hard on ourselves. Um, but the business was was officially doubled, um, 
and um you know we were able to <clears throat> raise the average customer size from about roughly 375 to last time I checked uh about 800 wow yeah that's which that's which is massive so and how did you um how did you decrease the churn rate what was the um <clears throat> what's your your rate of people staying with you that work for you uh so that was actually you know a slow and steady um cadence of just hey here's who we are here's how we operate here's how we treat people uh we actually brought on a service leader that that also as uh, you know uh seconds that and and his boots on the ground uh to have that more not only customer facing but also to you know let our cleaners know this is how we operate and those factors combined uh, have been a huge part of the success we were able to have in growing the business. So, you know, all power, more power to you that, you know, you were able to double that business. Now, I know you're um, looking at another opportunity. And do you sort of go in with the same set of eyes? Is this company, uh, and you don't have to talk about it if you don't want to, but just in anything that you that you look to get involved in. Is that what you look at first? The people that their values, it has to align. Otherwise, forget it. It's not going any further. You have to. You have to. Because otherwise you're getting yourself. And maybe that's why, you know, I, I, I fled a couple adventures in corporate, as I like to call them. You know, I learned a lot. But I think one of the things that I started to see, you know, for example, um, I was really, uh, had a career that was taking off at Penske truck leasing, you know, the big yellow trucks. I'm pretty sure they run up North there in Canada as well. And, um, I looked around and I saw that the top executives that were really climbing the ladder and, uh, making a name for themselves If I wanted that nine times out of 10, you were looking at a built-in divorce. Mm. Just that's what it was. The, 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 the folks that were churning and burning, I watched them fall one after the other, after the other. The pressure was so big to perform. It took so many more hours in a day and, and you know cut into their real life sure sure uh and and so for me it was like okay well here i am i'm on a pretty good track to making good money and hating my life right and count yeah. me out for that please yeah. and at that time um you probably did you have kids then no maybe not nope. No. nope but you knew you wanted them and that was you know you could see the writing on the wall sure sure i mean i think that you know, and, and I don't want to take this for granted. I realize this may be difficult, you know, for some folks, but I was able to look out into the future and say, yeah, that's a track that I could certainly run. And I 
choose not to. Well, actually, that brings up a really good point in terms of being entrepreneurial and and um, probably from the first time I talked to you, I could I could see your mind was was you know going in a million different directions because you have so many projects on the go and because you are that kind of guy. So in that case, then as a, you know, I say a true entrepreneur because I think the word gets overused. Um, and a lot of small business owners call themselves entrepreneurs, but they really aren't. But, um, however, as an entrepreneur whose mind is always going, how do you pull it back? Do you just walk out the back and play with your kids and you're gone? Or, you know, like <laughs> everything you probably are involved in, you know, uh, and the Internet is like this suck as oh. well. Man, well, it's 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 certainly a, a a fair question, Janice. And so, especially as someone you know, if if any of your listeners are are big fans of of the Enneagram, uh, mm-hmm. I'm a number seven off the charts. I'm sure that's no <laughs> surprise to you. Okay. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I'll, I'll answer that question kind of as a as a two parter. Number one, for me professionally, I need to actually have a a parking lot, if you will, of ideas. And I need to, you know, sometimes I explore them, sometimes I don't. Other times I say, man, like if I get some free time, I'd like to come back to this. Um, But I need to I need to write them down. You know, those those ideas come in the shower. You know, those ideas come in the middle of the night. I got to wake up. I got to write it down. Uh, you know, if you're having a morning quiet time, I have a piece of paper right next to me so I can clear the cash, if you will, write that down and, and keep on, you know, um, Mm -hmm. meditating or, or, you know, what have you. Um, and then, and then, you know, the other part of the question is, you know, around family. And I think that to me, is is truly a challenge because to answer your question no (laughs) brain the brain doesn't just turn off i know Um, i get it yeah so for me you know i do everything that i can to just take the creative juices that are flowing and turn that into fun experiences with my with my kids you know audrey's still a little young but you know, I've built, you know, rocket ships uh, and, and, you know, houses and, you know, uh, car ramps out of cardboard and just try to pour that into, you know, some unique memories that hopefully he won't forget. Well, and that's, that feeds into, um, the other piece that I see uh, that you call yourself a car guy. So you're a car guy and that's just it. Like, do you make model cars? Do you like to race cars? Do you build cars? Are you, is it just been in your blood since you were a kid? Yeah. So I've I've always been a car guy uh, Mm -hmm. for sure. I've owned, uh, I've had the, the real honor and pleasure of owning some pretty rare uh, vehicles um, my wife just about fell over when she saw what I spent uh, on vehicles alone in uh, in 2021. I built a couple of uh, off-road capable 
SUVs for some of the more technical trails here in Colorado, um, as well as uh, some other cars that are more fun on uh, on paved surfaces. So um, it's it's uh, many many uh, tens of thousands. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So yeah, that's a little bit of a of a hobby of an addiction. <laughs> and worse, right? Kyle, what's that? Could be worse, right, Kyle? Well, be. I don't know. I mean, at this point, I think drugs would be less expensive. Uh, but, but that said, um, you know, it is fun. Colorado. Yeah. Well, exactly. You know, it's something that I I have worked hard to you know show um, you know, that lifestyle to Reese, you know, I've taken him to cars and coffee, you know, the truck event, they call it, um, uh, what's that one called? Uh, I think it's like rigs and espresso or something like that. Uh, or rigs and coffee. Um, but you know, he loves seeing all that. I think he might be a big truck guy, but, uh, we'll see time will tell. Exactly. Um, so I know that you may have read this in the material I sent you, and you already mentioned this at the very beginning, but I've got to ask you my, my favorite question, because curiosity is my favorite word. And I, I like to ask this two-part question of my guests, so I hope you'll indulge me. Part one is, you know, um, do you think that curiosity is innate or learned? And part two is, what is the most, what's the thing that you are most curious about right now? Yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful question. Uh, you know, when it comes to curiosity, I believe that the answer is yes. I believe that we are born with some sense of creativity and I believe that life either waters that curiosity or, uh, or, or does its best to um, uh, dampen that in, in one's spirit. So, uh, you know, I, I also believe that the school system today has done a wonderful job at quashing a child's natural curiosity. Um, so it's fun to finally see, you know, hundreds of years later, some alternative schooling methods, some of the Montessori stuff, uh, you know, different, uh, you know, preparatory academies that have a different way of going about education with a more, um, uh, individual approach. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and what am I the most curious about now? Uh, everything. <laughs> so, so I'll say, I'll say top of mind is a two brained approach to relationships. So some of the, 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 the latest brain science around uh, how we interact with others has just been blowing my mind recently. And um, I'll actually 
I want to find the author of of this book. Um, What's the name of the book? It is um, Rare Leadership. I'll see if you can find it before me. There's no, there's no uh, race. Rare, rare is an acronym, by the way. Okay. So rare leadership. I have it on my. Marcus uh, Warner. Marcus Warner. Yeah. Well, and Jim Wilder. So Jim Wilder's the main guy. He actually co-authored another book with a pastor. It's called The Other Half of Church. And it really deals with some cool things about uh, not only what a real community could look like, but in addition, as a community, how you deal with a narcissistic leader. Because oftentimes, especially in, uh, you know, for example, like a, like a church setting, uh, someone that quickly rises through the ranks it's easy for them to have some tendencies that lean that way. And uh, ironically, the only way that you can effectively deal with that is as a community. If you try to deal with that on an individual basis, you will most likely fail. So what I'll say is to the erudites among your listeners, I would dive right into rare leadership. Um, So let me see if I can remember the, the acronym for rare. Mm -hmm. Uh, The R is going to be remain relational. The A is going to be act like yourself. Um, What's the next R? Um, I wonder if that's there. That's completely escaping me at the moment. Or make people go look at it because I can't see it. Yeah, there we go. So, so, so yeah, hopefully on those two alone, go look at it. But this idea of, you know, things like keeping people bigger than problems um, well, the subtitle says four uncommon habits for increasing trust, joy, and engagement in the people you lead. So yeah. I think, you know, um, grow healthy teams, um, and they begin with healthy leaders. Yep. And, and look, here, here's what I'll say, just because, you know, I'm guessing that your audience is, is pretty, uh, you know, far flung and diverse. Mm-hmm. Here's what I would say. Jim Wilder comes at a lot of this stuff with a, a pretty conservative background. And I would just encourage anyone to look at the principles based on that merit alone. If, you know, his personal views don't jive with yours, that's fine. I think that just like there's other folks that I may not agree with their worldview, and yet I find a lot of value in what they bring to the table. The this, this guy, Jim Wilder, has devoted his life to this stuff. And I'll tell you what, if you're into uh, not only business, but self-development, mm-hmm. 
this stuff's going to blow your mind. I will say if I had my druthers, I would read the other half of church first and then rare leadership second. And here's why in the second half of church, um, which I have, Oh, here's, excuse me. My apologies. It's the other half of church. I have it sitting here in front of me. The other half of church, I would say, explains the concepts at a much more approachable, in a much more approachable manner. Uh, I, I believe the rare leadership stuff is like, unless you have a really technical mind, you almost are, feel like you're reading a dissertation at points. So I, I flip-flopped them. I did rare leadership first, but if you really want to understand the concept, I would do the other half of church and then dive into uh, rare leadership. Um, so is that your um, first um, method of learning? Do you go to books still or do you go to, do you listen to podcasts? Do you watch videos, which is your audio books, whatever? Yeah, I would say I, I consume the vast majority of my content through audiobooks. Okay. Um, so I don't know. I, I have a couple of favorites. I, I'd be happy to throw them out if, uh, if folks would find value. So here's a couple um, in, my, in my queue, if you will, here. Um, so he, here's one that I've read a couple times. And it's an all time. I love this one. It's called The Three Marriages by David White, W H Y T E. Um, a lot of these books that I'm going to recommend, I'll tell you if it's not the case, but for, for, for the most part, I love it when the author narrates the book. Mm. And this guy has a unique South African um, uh, accent. Uh, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? What's that? Dialect or his accent? Yeah, his accent is just wonderful. And, and he weaves poetry through this entire book that gives voice to things that only live in the base of your mind and mm -hmm. allows you to get it out in front of you and play with it and think about it. Fantastic book. Um, just finished, finally finished the classic uh, Atlas Rug, uh, Atlas Shrugged by uh, Ayn Rand. Um, that actually, yeah, I, I remember those books, The Fountainhead and Atlas Shrugged being so huge. They're monsters. Uh, what I will say is I did find, I did find a, and, and maybe I can share this with you offline. I found an abridged version that doesn't suck. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, so, then, well, here's the last one. Yeah. And I, this is one I think I shared with you offline. Uh, since you're a big fan of Napoleon Hill, obviously his classic uh, thinking grow rich. He wrote another book that didn't see the light of day. It, it was published in the, in the thirties or excuse me, it was written in the 30s, did not get published until 2011. Oh, wow. And it, okay. And it's, and it's uh, outwitting the devil. That's right. You did mention that. And that book will, will blow your mind. It is 
Fantastic. I will say it's a little bit tough to get into because he goes through a little bit of the history of his relationship with uh, Carnegie, you know, and getting all those great people to interview. But once he gets into that quote unquote interview with the devil, it not only is it gripping, but they chose two voice actors, one for Napoleon and one for the devil. And the first time the devil speaks, it is chilling. And you're like, okay, you picked the right person. I'm hooked. Where's this going to go? And it's, it's masterful. Okay. So I'm, we're wrapping up a little bit here and I have to ask you now, because you were really into books and this is so off left field from what we were talking about, but my favorite books are children's books. And okay. I have a grandchild. I'm able to bring those back out, which is so much fun. It's still a little time yet, but have you gotten into the really cool, you know, children's stories and children's books? And do you as a parent today, this is like off in left field, why I wasn't even thinking about this until this very minute. Do fairy tales and nursery rhymes still play, play a part in teaching them to your kids? Because I don't know if they do. I'm curious. Yeah, great question. I would say in a small part, definitely not in in, uh, as great a role as I would say I experienced growing up, uh, for sure. I think just because we have the wealth of content at our fingertips on any, you know, streaming device, you just turn it on and you're good to go. Um. But I would say, yeah, I love some of the books. Here's a fun one for all my all my Motorhead listeners out there. There's a book called Motor Goose as opposed to Mother Goose. Yeah. And Motor Goose is rad because it, it has all these classic uh, nursery rhymes, but it's completely different lyrics um that are you know automotive related automotive related and it's it's fantastic so that one i get a a kick out of um i don't know if you ever read uh katie in the big snow i know but i've heard of that one that one's phenomenal and then i think the same author did mike mulligan and his steam shovel oh yeah i remember that one too there's definitely some classics there for sure. And I enjoy, um, you know, reading. I'm actually getting excited because now that Reese has a larger attention span, there's some other ones that I can share along with some classic poetry from like Shel Silverstein and all that good stuff too. And don't forget Winnie the Pooh, um, A.A. Milne poetry, because those are really fun. Um, not Winnie the Pooh. But the, when we were very young, the poems, they're English, but they're, they're just so amazing. And I could, that was my favorite course at university. I was a teacher, but my favorite course was children's literature. So okay. I just love it. And, um, and I, I've noticed with my granddaughter that when we reread and reread these picture books, she's now reading them to me and telling me the words that she remembers on each yes. That's when it really gets my heart. It's so yes. Yeah. I mean, look, all these learning aids now and the digital ones and the ones where, you know, you can use a dry erase marker where, you know, we had to use chalk and like the board would get all crapped up after a few tries, you know, but all that tech 
still can't replace what a, a, a classic book can do. And I think, you know, surely part of it's nostalgia, but yet there's also a beautiful element of art in, in the sense that, you know, the style, uh, you know, in a well-illustrated book, right? Think of, um, you know, where the wild things are, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Incredible artwork. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> There's another one that reminds me, you have to ask Sarah, she's my daughter. Um, uh, we bought her, her favorite um, uh, Maurice Sendak book was In the Night Kitchen. Oh, okay. Sounds weird. familiar. Weird. And and in California, I was in a, an art store and they had an image from that book that we had to buy. And, and so she has it, but yeah, it's a very strange story. It could give nightmares. I don't quite get it, but where the wild things are is too. But anyway, what a weird. That's true. Well, you know, here's the thing, right? Like you do your best to read child appropriate things. You you never know, right? Like, so I, I will, I'll say this funny antidote, right? So, you know, we've read, where the wild things are. Reese was not bothered at all. You know, like he, he's very tuned in. Um, you know, for example, he watched frozen for the first time. Mm-hmm. We said, Hey Reese, like, what did you think about it? And he said, the people were very sad mm-hmm. and he really keyed. And I was like, child, you are brilliant. He, all, all this and that. He, and he pulled through and, and he, and he pulled, drew out the emotion. He said, those people were really sad. I was like, dang, like I, I, I have to nurture this. I can't, I can't squash this. Right. And go, oh, what about the snowman? Oh, what about, <laughs> I was so proud. Right. Yeah. Um, but you know, stuff like, uh, like where the wild things are, didn't bother him. Meanwhile, he sees a target ad sitting on the counter yeah. and he sees this stuffed plush, uh, baby Yoda. Yes. Loses his mind. You know, we're, we're talking a minute night and he's like, I'm scared of something, dad. I'm like, oh yeah, what's that, buddy? He's like, I'm scared of baby Yoda. And you know, I, hey, look, he's the good guy, blah, blah, blah. Nope. Doesn't matter. Which by the way, if you ever go in any store ever, baby Yoda is everywhere. So <laughs> that's been a blast. Just throw that out there. I'm sure. Interesting. <laughs> I know that's a whole other topic talking about children. It's fantastic. It's they're so amazing and they definitely um, ground us for sure. And as long as we can teach them, I'm going to come full circle to the importance of love and relationships and caring about other people and showing and being kind to others. That's what it's all about. I, I would absolutely agree. I think, you know, one of the fun parts, and this is in the other half of church too, I don't know uh, enough. I, w- I would imagine it was very similar to a lot of American upbringings um, around the concept of shame. Because I think that when I say the word shame, I would say that north of 90, maybe 95% of folks think about what would commonly be referred to as toxic shame. Mm. Uh, where, whereas like, you know, 
Janice, if we're talking about this situation, you, you, you are wrong, right? You are bad. You are the source of this shame versus a type of shame that is defined as the lack of joy, which is required to be motivation for you to change behavior, but you are not the source of that. It's something that you did. Mm-hmm. And that those fundamental pieces that if we're radically paying attention to our children, we can watch that shift and not allow them to be brought down from their true identities. And, and I think that's where some of this stuff intersects, right? Mm-hmm. Because if I know my identity, I'm not going to get my ideas squashed, right? Regardless of what, I may figure out how to go through school following the rules, but I know deep down what's mine and what's available, Mm -hmm. the whole who I am and whose I am, and I I won't be stopped, right? Totally. Yes. And I know you won't. (laughs) <laughs> I love how you rock that back around. So this has been delightful. And I thank you, Kyle, for your time. Thank and you. Inspiration because um, you, uh, yeah, you do inspire me. So um, I will put, um, if it's okay with you, your info in the um, show notes in case anybody wants to reach out and yep. of course find you on LinkedIn. And thank you again for your time. And thank you for my, to my audience for listening. And remember to stay connected and be remembered. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.